Welcome to the Go Digital Jason Low Show, where I interview business owners and founders alike on their strategies in digital transformation and how they scale their businesses to the next level. If you are looking to grow digitally, then this is the podcast for you. Stay tuned for today's special guest as this podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Hello, this is me again, not at the background. Uh, you know, it's me again. It's me again. You, you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of weird live stream, but uh, it's very hard to get this get hold of this guy. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Daniel, uh, one of the admin behind the group. Uh, this is uh, again Jason Lowe. Jason Lowe is uh, does a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, like what you heard earlier with Aaron, he's actually doing a digital transformation workshop, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to uh, basically both of us are the alumni of the Alibaba Netpreneur program. Uh, we spent uh, 10 days in the Alibaba HQ uh, learning about uh, basically Alibaba opening up the kimono in terms of uh, how they, the key of success of being uh, the, the $500 billion companies that they are at the moment. And uh, I, I mean, both. Of, uh, you're the second batch, I'm the third batch, right? so I just recently came back. And uh, th- there's so much thing that we actually learned from it and we just want to do a bit of a sharing that there will be a few more people that we will bring uh, either from his batch, the previous batches, the, the folks from Netpreneur and etc. So uh, we're going to just uh, start off and like, how do you discover about this program anyway? Uh, actually, it, <laughs> it relates back to what I uh, mentioned in my previous uh, live video just now. Mm. It was because I managed to utilize DingDog mm. into the, uh, my organization and managed to transform thousand, one almost like a thousand over employees to um, to use their system in just like a span of two to three days. Okay. And then I when I sh- uh, because of this, the DingDog person in charge sent me this thing. He said, "Wow, bro, you can you like seem to know what you're doing." So. I think you should join this program and tell them what you did for Ding Tong in Malaysia. Okay. So I just did that, and then I told them, I got interviewed, and then that's how I got in actually. Okay. Yeah, from Ding Tong. It's amazing. Okay. <laughs> and and I, I got in because uh, Carol Fong uh, from MDAC. Uh, no, because we, we, the stuff that we do in terms of uh, uh, in terms of work and etc. Uh, Carol highly encouraged me to actually uh, sign up, uh, so I went for the interview and, and got in. Uh, so it was actually quite a very interesting journey. And uh, let's let's start from uh, what are the key things that you have learned throughout. So uh, the key thing that I actually learned, or what I actually can find out more, it's how how the China did it, mm. not not only China, how the Alibaba did it. Uh, and then Alibaba <laughs> became like the key economy driver for digitalization in China in terms of e-commerce and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's mostly understanding what did they do, okay. how they connected everything together, and what makes them different than, let's say, Malaysia. Because I've been trying to run digital activities in Malaysia for some while. Mm-hmm. We know the challenges we face here. Okay. So the perspective of how another country solved issues like this was more of an eye-opener to me. And of course, the other initiatives that they they launch along the way. Oh, what about you? What do you think about it? So my my one, I see. I was very surprised with how transparent Alibaba was in terms of very sharing. Very transparent, yeah. yeah. <coughs> sharing and the secret of their success wasn't what we expected. And also in terms of, uh, to be honest, the the amount of hardship that company could have ended so many times in the the life. The lifetime of the company, but uh, the secret of success that keep the company together is actually uh, their mission, uh, vision, and values, which 
Uh, I think throughout the whole time, they spend about 70% of the time sharing about why is that so important for every organization. And it's something that we generally don't look out for in organization. We always think that, ah, uh, we're a startup, we will have just a general idea. And as a child, we think about that mission, vision, vision, everything. But the mission, vision, and values for them uh, dictates every single decision what they want to do. And because of that, it also dictates the people they hire. And the people they hire dictates that how the company can grow and et cetera. So uh, I'll give you one good example was basically uh, they have this thing called Alibaba Day, which is actually the 5th of May, uh, sorry, 10th of May every year. That is in order to celebrate uh, their survival of the whole uh, SARS crisis. And the SARS crisis, basically one person from Alibaba got suspected that, that they, uh, they got SARS. So they have to be quarantined and everyone have to be quarantined. And they have to be actually put into uh, stay, either stay in office or stay at home and etc. But everyone was still working. Everyone was like busy working. And that time was like during the Canton Fair uh, program, which was like massive, you know, like you, if you're not in Canton Fair in any trading, and if you're Alibaba, you're not in Canton Fair, you're losing out. You're basically losing out a, a lot. Uh, they, they even brought the desktops, right? Yeah. There was a picture when they, the staff unplugging the desktops and they got to carry the desktops home to work yeah. just to deal with it. So they, they, they brought their big computers. <laughs> it wasn't laptop, you know, that back then. It wasn't uh, laptop, it was like desktop back to home and they were sick, they lost their voice, everything. They had to get their parents to answer the phone call. Uh. Everything. So the, the Alibaba spirit was like, so strong, I, I did not believe it until I actually saw what they actually went through and, and that crisis was, uh, that brought them over to, uh, that's, that's the Alibaba spirit that actually brought things over and it's something that everyone was like uh, challenging us to say like, hey, how many people actually uh, visited, uh, know the mission vision, what? we can just challenge anyone and everyone knows uh, exactly. Yeah, any, any single stuff you just talk about it, they can tell the story of Alibaba, they can tell the story of Jack Ma mm -hmm. and you, you ask that to any of our any of our company stuff they don't get lah. So I think this is where uh, they set themselves. China companies, I think, in general, set themselves very different recently. Is that they they they, they believe more in the culture of things and believe more in the processes that all this will make them better and not really on business business. You don't see them the KPIs attacking them like earn how much this year. Pa pa pa. Jack Ma's long vision was to be. Uh, how about 103 year old company? 102. Yeah, 102. Forget already. Oh no, they're gonna attack me. One one year difference. <laughs> because they want to try to survive three centuries. I mean, this, for this that uh, people uh, that do not understand what it means. So Jack Ma wants everyone to be a hundred and two. Uh, wants Alibaba to strive to be a hundred and two year old company. It's because so Alibaba was founded in 1999. That is the 20th century. And then when you enter year 2000, you enter the 21st century. So at another 100 years, you will go into the 22nd century. So Jack Ma says, Alibaba must be a company that survives three centuries. So that's how he set his end goal of things. Yeah, I think one of the key things that uh, Jack Ma is such an amazing communicator. We were watching a video uh, because we didn't actually meet Savio. Savio is their former COO. And they were basically striving to figure out a way to, how do you tell an organization that's so big that we should start making money because earlier they, they were not making money and the their goal wasn't that we our company should make 100 million basically because i like oh it's so hard that that even every single staff do not understand they are jack ma said the goal we should all make uh one dollar one, uh, one, one yuan I think. one yuan okay and we should be one yuan profitable and so that with such an interesting uh way of communicating because 
the janitor can understand if I turn off the light I save uh, energy so I can help the company to save uh, the the uh, the what is it called the the people doing the sales can understand that oh, I, I I can whatever I'm contributing is basically to help to actually um, allow the company to actually grow further so it gravitated the whole organization I think that time the organization was maybe about thousand people strong and it's so amazing to figure out that that tiny uh, sentence allowed the organization yeah. to go to one direction to say this is how we should think about making money yeah that it's and you don't hear even local companies acting that way mm. you know a lot of local companies are traditional business owners that it still runs their business this is a joke i always make to people and they say <laughs> oh yeah he's a traditional china man company and i was like whoa that the china china man company doesn't relate anymore because china man companies these days are companies like this <laughs> they have vision they have strategies they have digital implementations so i feel like that that oh you think like a china man company i think it's very different already these days i, I think uh we were talking we were basically talking to the uh the, the 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 new boss of epf and like you shouldn't actually look at you shouldn't actually look bad in terms of like malay company china company etc what are the key find key strengths of it and adopt it as a mm. as malaysian we are we are Malay company, we are China company, we are Indian company, we are we are everything. And like say for example, the China company is like usually cost saving, efficiency. Malay company is about relationship, uh, uh, and etc. And then the the Indian company is like how how do you actually expand? And those are those are the stuff that like I, I feel very inspired. And it's something that Alibaba tend to look at. It's not that they ignore businesses. Uh, I think Effen from Kakitangan has the best way of putting it this way. Most companies in uh, around think of external factors. Alibaba thinks internal factors. So there's an internal factor is the mission, vision and values which is the culture. So it's like a Kung Fu master. Kung Fu master, you need to learn your internal skill but you also need to have your attack move basically in terms of that. Like how do you uh, Kong and your and your Wai Kong. Uh, and, and I also like the fact that how they evaluate their staff basically mm. because uh, usually staff evaluation is based on KPI, correct? Uh, what they end up doing is basically they end up doing uh, 50% based on KPI and 50% based on culture. So you can be someone that is high on KPI, meaning you do sales, everything, and also high on culture, then you are known as the star, like you are you're superb. But what if you are low on KPI, and but you're, you're high on culture, then you are a rabbit. As, uh, you are harmless, but you're very friendly, everyone like you. But you're high on KPI, but you're low on culture, you're a wild dog. So what you want to do to manage these type of people is to push them uh, towards the, the the norm to push them center. So, for example, you give them training, or you figure out uh, to the rabbit to how to improve their their KPI methods. Or, for example, the wild dog. How do you actually uh, get them involved? Get them more humanized together with the the group, and they understand so they can work together with the team instead of them just being their own outlier by themselves. Because uh, the, the the saying that actually uh, impacts me a lot in terms of uh, Alibaba is they are not. They are not like uh, they are not like uh, usually at the Western startups tend to or Western tech companies we tend to look for rock stars tend to look for superstars uh, entrepreneurs they say there are one hundred thousand ordinary people working together to do extraordinary thing which is it's like so touching basically in terms of that yeah uh, I I also like how they use all these animals as analogy yeah but when uh, hearing back what you just told me just now right I suddenly realized that. Uh, okay, my initial impressions when I went there mm. was to understand all kinds of technology-related activities, mm. technology-related, uh, the, the, the whole digitization process. And what I got instead was a lot of very human-related 
strategies how do you manage people how do you deal with culture how do you deal with vision so it relates back to uh, what I told Aaron earlier on even Alibaba as a tech company they still believe more on the bis- the human aspect of things the very bu- uh, business strategy of things and, and they only create technology to solve issues in their businesses yeah. for example remember they were talking about uh, how 11, they started their first 11-11 mm. and they had parcels so many parcels to deliver that the China logistics company couldn't deal with it. <coughs> what was the backlog? Uh, six months six backlog. Six months backlog. Six I mean, months backlog. Imagine, you buy something online and you take six months <laughs> to receive it. It's like a Kickstarter program. Like that. <laughs> That's a good analogy. No, but it's, it's so bad. And they, they were actually showing photos of mountains and mountains of like, parcels. Uh, parcels like, take undelivered. Yeah, un- yeah, undelivered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so uh, what's going on about the technology company? Uh, Alibaba is not a technology company because uh, although they are a technology company, but they're not a traditional technology company. It's a very human-centric company. Mm. Uh, everything they want to solve, they solve with human, and and it's very important in terms of uh, how they want to how they want to do. When they were doing sales, it was their army of uh, the iron sales. Iron, iron dogs, I think. Uh, iron dogs, is it? Is it? I can't remember that. Iron, iron something. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> the group of iron sales people going around and do door-to-door sales. I mean, if you think of any tech startup these days, they would not even bother doing this kind of like, like door-to-door uh, crazy sales and etc. And when they were doing Alipay, Alipay was not uh, like, I w- like, if you ask any of us to do Alipay, we will basically write a script write a program to do all the settlement and everything. No, they actually did the settlement at the end of the day with hand. Like so you can actually go to the Alibaba Museum and see like like paper in terms of every day, end of the day record who they're supposed to pay to who everything. They use hand and they use uh, calculator to calculate and double check everything. Which is scary, amazing uh like you would never find a company uh, in the world that is like so hardworking to do that and to put in the sense of hardworking and this is going back to the the culture mm. is do you notice uh, a few things or not do you notice they voluntarily work late yeah. um, a lot of my team we had to stay <coughs> stay behind to finish projects i know we have projects already to fill it yeah and even when we end our projects at 9 or 10 pm when we left the building hey all the office sites still open one eh? yeah uh, it's it's a, it's but it, it comes down to like I think just a few months back it was a huge topic about 996. Yes. How Chinese people, Chinese companies force their staff to work from 9 to 9, 6 days a week. And then it caused a lot of burnout for everyone. But when I actually questioned them about it, because that, that topic became quite prevalent during my time there. Yeah. And when I actually questioned them about it, Alibaba actually does not force them to do it. Like what Daniel mentioned, it's very voluntarily. They do all this themselves because they feel it's good yeah. For like, them. Like, like the, the programmers will come in at ten a.m. <laughs> like casually come in at ten a.m. But they will still end up working late, and they will still. Uh, but because they feel that it's their responsibility, and there's something they can contribute to the company. And not only the company, I think they said uh, anything that Alibaba does good is for the nation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It contributes to. They say you need to think for it on the bigger picture. <laughs> it contributes to the growth, the economy, more people. Uh, especially they when it introduces to the. The village program that they have, okay. the Tawa village program. Yeah, it's all about all of these people working very hard to grow certain aspects of the country, mm. be it growing an economy, enabling more <coughs> trade sales and everything. So I think that kind of vision is what made the people that works for them truly believe in the whole grand scheme of things, I think. 
Yeah, it's, it's actually amazing. What, tell me about your experience with the uh, Pioneer Village, the Taobao Village. Uh, like what, do you, what do you think about that whole thing? So, so uh, to give some context, Pioneer Village is one of uh, Ali... Okay, so there's a Taobao Village program. So Taobao Village, what they do is that Alibaba will actually get a village on board into e-commerce and the village will actually sell certain specialties. I, I think it's actually the other way around. It's basically they identify village that have already been Yeah, sold. yeah, correct, 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 correct. It's, it's not the like it's not like it's not like village that want to join. Yeah, yeah they will identify first. It's more like uh, a village, I think there's like three criteria. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll hunt for the criteria first actually. <laughs> so so Pioneer Village is one of the villages that was uh, identified to actually fulfill uh, what it takes and Alibaba actually sent a team to go into a village to educate the people in the village on how to sell online <coughs> how do you do trade online how do you take your products and scale it through their digital platform throughout China and probably to the world so Pioneer Village is a village that actually sold uh, in English translation is hickory nuts it's actually a type of variation of a walnut and the whole village mainly focuses on just selling that particular product Mm. Oh, village. You mean it's not like oh, me and my neighbor and the guy opposite. Oh, they are technically competitors, but each of them managed to position their product to be slightly different from each other. And the whole village just focused on selling walnuts. And when we heard them, a village is selling walnuts, we we're like, okay, that that's cute. Sounds like a cute idea. Until they actually reveal how much they actually earn from this whole process, which was mind blowing. How many, how many millions are? Uh, 30 uh, million yuan uh, yeah, an yeah, average villager will earn. Yeah, and it's like such a crazy amount uh, in terms of, because Pioneer Village, I'll just put it in context, it used to be one of the poorest village uh, in China that people do not want to. So uh, Alibaba HQ was actually lo located in uh, CC Wetland, which is actually 45 minutes away from the Hangzhou da downtown. Okay, uh, Hang uh, Although Hangzhou is not really, uh, Hangzhou is uh, a it's not really like like Shanghai or etc. It's still quite far away. Then in terms of uh, so it's like the cyber jaya of uh, Hangzhou. Pioneer Village is located about an hour away from there. Like it's even further. And back in the day, there's not uh, there's not much direct transport over there. And so there was a I think the story started with a, a guy started selling online uh, their walnut and etc. Mm -hmm. And start making a lot of money. And the funny thing is actually the mentality that actually was very striking to me. Basically, instead of actually ask, instead of the neighbors being jealous about it, the neighbors were like, "Hey, it's good that you make money. Like, can can you teach me? I want to learn mm. from you how to make money." So that guy started teaching his neighbors to how, make how to do how to do e-commerce. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, and then uh, and because of because uh, last time there wasn't any delivery over there. Uh, then the then the municipal council took notice. Like, can we try to negotiate with the logistic company to do, uh, like, come and do pickup over at our place if we have the X amount of volume? Then they started to build up the volume. Then the logistic company start taking note and start doing that. Mm -hmm. And it got so uh, amazing that, that that I think was it your batch or the batch before seeing the guy driving Ferraris? Uh, my my batch. Oh, we saw a Ford, Ford Mustang. You saw a Ford yeah, Mustang. Yeah, we went to one of the random village and there was like this Ford Mustang parked in front. And like, wow, sell one and you can afford sport cars. It's no, and <laughs> I think level. the previous batch was like uh, saw a Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah. Wow, that's that's an. And, and like the the houses, uh, we saw one of the house. Like we we. we you ask someone to guess the house, like oh, it's like oh, maybe this is like seven hundred thousand renminbi, which is actually about three hundred thousand. Like it, because they don't, it's only the land, so they constructed the thing. No, my God, that that house costs like four million renminbi. This is like basically two million ringgit house constructed in on a land they own. 
I don't know. Is it the same? When, when we were there, also we were, we were seeing this very. Is it finished house? Or is it still in construction? Uh, it's a new. It's a finished house already. Uh, when we went, we saw a very similar house, mm. very big, mm. and it's still uh, finishing touches were there, but the house isn't ready. I don't know whether it's the same house that it's, we probably it's saw. By, by the river, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah probably that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very big house. Very, very, very big, posh. Yeah, very big. And just just to contrast that mentality a bit uh, before we proceed, uh, I was actually uh, recently we I had a uh, uh, had a Grab driver actually was telling me that oh, he used to be a chef. He set up a, he was setting up a, a restaurant. Uh, was it a Grab driver? Like, it was a bit more complicated than that. But anyway, this guy was driving me uh, to this conference, and uh, he set up a restaurant at, at his kampong. Yeah, I asked him like, why are you not doing this? Why are you uh, still uh, driving? He said, oh yeah. Uh, because when I'm in Kampong, uh, the people in the Kampong, uh, uh, in my Kampong, got jealous and then they wasn't supporting me uh, in terms of that. In fact, uh, he said, whether you believe me or not, they were doing black magic and trying to get him down and etc. And I, I feel like that's quite a mentality shift in terms of uh, how the, the, the poorest village in China compared to the villages uh, for the people in Malaysia is that we, people in China is like, oh, you are successful? Yes, we want to learn how to be successful. Well, uh, people in Malaysia tend to have this notion of like, oh yes, you cannot be more successful than me. It's, mm. it's, it's like it's like that, and because of them working together, that that village just is that. Just imagine you have a whole village of competitors, you know, selling online, and everyone is making a lot of everyone is making a lot of money. Not even the people that start the business, but people that are hired to do the other stuff. Uh, they 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 are still. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing what they could have done actually in terms of uh, in terms of that. Mm, true, true. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Now, what are the, what are the other stuff that you have? Actually, right, rather than this, I I would like to ask you uh, find out something interesting that I think only your batch managed to go. Okay. Like the Tower Maker Fair. So what is it about? I mean, we saw a lot of pictures, but I mean, for the rest of the other groups, we're like, wow, I should go on. They got this fair thing. But what what is it like about? So so my batch got was very lucky because we got two events. I only went to one. Uh, Taobao Maker Fair is basically uh, Taobao's. Uh, so Taobao is the eBay of uh, China, basically. And Taobao Maker Fair is basically uh, for them to highlight local makers or stuff that you will start seeing in Taobao in the next six months. And it's basically very futuristic focused. It showcases like what oh. what uh, there, there are generally three components. Uh, it used to be two, now there's three. So there is a food component. They they showcase like new type of food and etc. Uh, I had a vegan pork that tastes like pork, but it's hundred percent vegan. Uh, there's no meat involved anything. Uh, then there's also the there's also the part where it's fashion. So they got like uh, fashion and, and art that we got uh, creators of uh, toys, cartoon, and all this kind of thing come and showcase what they want to do oh, okay. and, and etc. Okay. So you see a lot of new uh, outfit. And the current trend in China, uh, well, especially Hangzhou, is basically a hanfu. Uh. Mm, which yeah, is, Hanfu, yeah. yeah, which is actually like the traditional yeah. Chinese. Uh, Did you see random people wearing? Yeah, yeah, I see random people wearing. Bring Hanfu and going uh, jalan jalan and yeah. weekends at the shopping. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like very. It's like seeing people wearing chongsam walking around doing casual stuff like like cycling and uh, it's so bizarre. But there are, there are like uh, up and coming fashion designers that like uh, showcasing what I they see. what they have done. How big is the fair anyway? Oh, it's, like, it's, oh my it's, god, it's, it's, it's huge. It's, it's huge. Uh, huh? Is it yeah. like a typical Chinese like whatever convention that, that kind of level? Uh, I, I was I would say in terms of it, it's probably uh, if you know how big uh, 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 KL Convention Center, mm -hmm. it's probably like KL Convention Center. Oh, in terms that's, of, that's quite th that's huge. Quite huge. huge and the last part is basically technology. They showcase technology. Like so, we got the we got to play with uh, exoskeleton. Uh, essentially, it's exoskeleton. With the robot. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah. the, the, the human ending. Yeah, so so uh, exoskeleton that you can buy oh. in Taobao <laughs> in the next couple of months that oh. can help you to live up to 60 kg. I, I, that, that, that's like mind-blowing. Okay? Impressive. I, I, I do not know how much it costs. They, they, they didn't say how yeah. much it costs. But oh. I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, they were showcasing a rocket there, actually. Uh, okay, a rocket now? A rocket. Okay, a, a rocket. rocket that used by... That, well, actually went to space and landed. It was a used rocket. Someone actually bought that for a few million. And it's just showcasing there before it gets shipped to the owner. Oh, wow. Fascinating. It, it is very Fascinating. crazy. The other thing about uh, Taobao Maker Fair is uh, like it's so it's a bit premium. It's not easy to get. So uh, you mean get, get, get tickets in? to get get in. Oh, you you need to like, get premium. Yeah, the premium cost, access tickets. It costs so it costs three hundred RMB for a ticket to enter. Oh. Uh, we we got it we got it because we part of the program, but the the uh, the ticket price was actually going up to about uh, the second hand market go well to uh, like uh, one thousand RMB for that ticket. You mean the tickets are so out like that's so out. Engine center tickets also yeah, so yeah. out just like that uh. So out and and then uh, people were queuing up to do yeah ah okay we have some we have some question uh what malaysian companies can learn from alibaba yep we're, <laughs> we're supposed to wrap it up with things like this right okay. like how do we implement like the strategies that we learn through that what, what's, what's your take on it i think uh i think one of the key things that the, that we we tend to forget is the malaysian company uh so i think the three secrets of alibaba that uh they they share two but that's number three <laughs> Okay, and uh, so one we already mentioned, which is the mission, vision, and uh, values. That's mm. very important because that determines everything in your company, your mm. your, your company right. flavor, your company what, who you hire, because you need to hire people that fits into your mission, your mission, and your values. Mm. If someone is out of that, that is going to be a, just a roadblock to mm. your mm. company mm. growth. Mm. You can train them, but yeah, you, you have to have the resources to do that. Mm. Okay. The second thing they second thing they do is they actually have a, a thinking of. Uh, Think ten years, act one year. So mm. very long term thinking, like super super long term thinking in terms of that. Think ten years, act one year. Oh, I don't know how the Chinese. I don't know the 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 Chinese. Uh, 想不懂省十年呃做一年还是什么 Because uh, one of the Alibaba partners was constantly talking about that, and because they can do that, they are constantly thinking about how do we build ecosystem instead of how do we build products. Mm. So everything needs to be connected. Everything needs to be. Uh, a whole ecosystem, and that's the, and Alibaba can be as successful as they are because they have an ecosystem around it, which creates a mode. Uh, if you if you know about uh, like the Warren Buffett uh, theory of investing, invest in companies that have mode uh, is very hard to attack. Okay, so it's very hard for someone to go into China or go into what because they actually built this natural mode around that. Mm. You imagine you you pay uh, everything with Alipay, you buy stuff with on Taobao, you watch things on Yuku, so they have this whole ecosystem. Ecosystem, yeah, yeah correct, correct. But the most important secret that they never share, they didn't share a bit, but I, I, just, I find that most of the company Alibaba tend to lose money. Except for one, except for a few companies. Uh, one company is called Alimama. Alimama and their B2B company is their cash cow. So because they have a cash cow, they can afford to take better risks. So what, the things that we generally don't think about in, in, in Malaysia is how do we build cash cows? Correct. Because cash cow, once you got cash, you can use the cash to actually try to raise more funds yeah, and yeah. etc. Do more things, expand your yeah. business through that. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the Alibaba would not be able to grow without a cash cow. Correct. Yeah. How, how about you? What do you think? 
what does Malaysian company can learn from? Uh, actually, it's, it's a very similar to what Daniel said because the key takeaway is how Jack Ma, uh, I think it's like leadership, mm-hmm. the, the, how he runs his leadership, how he communicates very achievable things to achieve for his team and how he actually grow from there. Mm. Uh, it's, it's still very, of course, they can tell you that all the technology and strategy they use, all they want. But again, China is a very different industry, mm-hmm. very different landscape. I, I remember before Daniel even went, he was asking me about it. Also, Jason, what do you think about it? And I shared him a lot of Alibaba related materials, which again, Daniel, before he went again, he reinforced that. But we must always know Malaysia is very different. Yep. Like the, the structure is different. The people is different. <laughs> you can't copy paste yep. everything. So I think, of course, there are a few, a lot of things that they shared. It's currently Malaysia's landscape, not too applicable yet. Yep. But I think the key takeaway would be how they run and structure their business, how they do strategies, how they emphasize first on vision, and mostly culture-related issues that I think a lot of Malaysian businesses don't do yet. They're very traditional. They just want to make money, 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 and a lot of people get neglected from that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I do, I, I do, I, I do agree with that also in terms of uh, like uh, and and when they were sharing about the culture, they are not asking us to copy the culture. Yeah, yeah. They they are very clear. They like you need to define your own. You need uh, to define your own culture. You need to define your own values. You need to define your own thing. It's like you cannot look at Alibaba and say like, oh, this culture work. Let's copy their culture and etc. It's very. It's not what I was expecting because we, I was expecting a lot more brainwashing. It's like our culture <laughs> is good. Our, our, our culture is good. Our culture is good. Our culture is good. I mean, that, that was what I told uh, I told some of the people. But when they were very tra- that's why I said they were very transparent with us. Like your culture, uh, because uh, we were talking to Dan. Dan works in Alibaba for twenty years. Like, like he was saying that. Good old Dan. Yeah, one of the reasons uh, not this Dan. Em- em- employee digit. Three, three digit, right? Uh, they, employee three digit, oh, you know. Employee digit, three digit. People are like, wow. Alibaba have like hundred six feet, six feet. Hundred thousand people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And uh, hundred thousand com- uh, people globally. And and one of the reasons, like Dan gets offer around the world, and he he, and when he, so we ask him one very weird question. Hey, why you don't want to leave? Huh? Why do you want to stay? <laughs> you, you go ask him things like that. Yeah. Huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why the, my group always get now because we all ask very <laughs> ask very sharp questions. What, what did he answer? Anyway? No, Dan was very clear. It's like it's not that he don't want to leave. He got a lot of good opportunities, but every time he want to leave, he feel like he's leaving his family because the culture is so imprinted that and how much that company has given to him, he felt that this is something that is is like he will never find a way to do. Uh, do. Uh, we we had a, a few examples of uh, people leaving Alibaba, and they. So uh, there was a story of uh, someone who left Alibaba and uh, and working for a competitor. So uh, there was some uh, a friend of mine was reaching out to this guy and say like, "Hey, uh, I know you left Alibaba. We're trying to get in touch with this fellow Alibaba." And by right, because you're working for a competitor, you would generally uh, because generally just say, "Hey, why don't you use my thing?" It's like, "No, I'll recommend you to uh, Alibaba because that is the right person, the right person to 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 do everything on that." So. Uh, you must always the, the whole the whole thing of pe- even people who have left Alibaba like one of my one of my friend Potter uh, Potter wrote the book on uh, Alibaba World mm. is it Alibaba World yeah so he he did the movie the uh, Crocodile and the Yangtze and what he's the one of the first white the first uh, Ang Mo guy in in Alibaba when the Alibaba 20th anniversary he was on stage speaking better Mandarin than me <laughs> which is very, very oh really yes yeah uh, but he like you get that sense of the Ali flavor, like the Alibaba flavor. The people there are generally like one kind now, but one kind in a very good way. They are probably the most friendliest uh, group of tech startup, uh, tech companies that I have ever experienced. True. Like, like, like they're, they're, 
I, I cannot describe. It's something that I felt that, that generally, yeah. Uh, that's that's what I felt felt too. Uh, it's it's a different experience. That's something that you can never really try to experience in other places. Mm. Types of people who should go for this Alibaba trip. Mm. Uh, def- definitely, bis- generally speaking, with business owners. Mm-hmm. But um, you do what kind of? Of course, generally the strategies everyone can implement. But do you think what kind of organizations that are more suited for this? Uh, I I would say it, I would say it because it was quite diversified. It was know, quite like diversified. We had was so diversified of industries. I I bet your group is similar. Yeah, my, my group Everyone from all industries mm. was there. I I think uh it's it's something. I I think it's mainly a stage of the company that they are looking at uh two things. One, they are looking to transform themselves as a traditional company into a digital company. So talking back about the digital transformation and etc. But because. Uh, how Alibaba puts it this way is not digital transformation, but it's more of a cultural transformation, which is more important mm, when correct, you're thinking correct, about correct. digital. Yeah, so yeah, at, people, at, yeah people everyone was talking is like, yeah, people don't check, people don't check uh, the app you implemented. But they actually did things like, for example, they they just uh, for we have to every day, and we have to go and check in in the morning yeah. that we have attended class. Okay, <laughs> and. <laughs> And you, when you check in, they will also can see like, have you checked in at the that floor, at the class, or you just check in at the compound, or you check in at home. So because I can wake up in the morning and check out in my hotel, right? But no, they can actually check over there. So they, then they start awarding people stickers. Like the first person get check in the three stickers, the second get two, and etc. Uh, I generally wake up early. I wake up at five. So I, I usually want to check in early. Then, but the other group actually start noticing this that I keep getting stickers. Uh, they also start checking in early, so they actually uh, uh, shout out to Anas, Anas uh, and Sharon. Your group is amazing. Uh, basically, you guys have one, two, three check in. So all together, all together, you have six stickers uh, out of it. Then, then you guys check in very early, in, early in the morning in terms of that. So, so it and you can see the graph. Everyone because of that, it encourages everyone to start attending class early. There wasn't a complaint, you know, you know, always that Malaysian time we are late, can mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. This time it's like, everyone was not only on time, everyone was early. Yeah. So that, 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 that within that short 10 days, there was a cultural transformation already. It's, it's, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. So if you're that, then the other type of group is basically if you're looking to expand in China, because they were showcasing like how uh, the KOL, how do you do marketing in China, mm. uh, not in total detail because we don't have enough time to do that. But uh, for example, uh, the there was a sale uh, with uh, Via. Via is the top KOL in uh, Taobao. In, in, in the Alibaba ecosystem. It, it, uh, and she sold 80,000 bird nests in five minutes. Actually, the first 30,000 was sold in uh, 30 seconds. Uh, I think there was a news that they shared recently, right? Yeah. 80,000 bird nests sold yeah. in how many minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it's just amazing. And and that is a Malaysia, that was during the Malaysian day. So, a Malaysian company actually sold that. Uh, my 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 friend that it was actually selling condom was actually saying like, oh, yeah, next year they will join again. Uh, they, <laughs> they, they will do that because it's, it's, it's basically they will start uh, figuring out how do you tackle the China market. So it's always a good experience for people who want to uh, tackle the China market. Mm. Mm. Okay, uh, last question before we wrap up. Who is the Jack Ma of Malaysia? Actually, this is something that our group actually discussed, you know. Mm. Like, so, so who is that tech visionary in China that everyone knows? Mm. Again, your, your local's biggest platform player right now will probably be Grab. 
and then Itupun grab people are saying that nah, it's it's Singaporean owned. So Anthony Tan is considered to be based in Singapore with his Singaporean company. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, if Anthony Tan also not consider your Malaysian tech hero, then who's the next one? And we we couldn't really identify that main new key player that we believe would be the next big. A, a traditional conglomerates in China, eh, China, sorry, China in Malaysia are not stepping up digitally, mm-hmm. right? You have a lot of big traditional businesses still there doing their retail, doing their construction lah, whatever lah. But they're not saying they're coming. Okay, we have a big big conglomerate in Malaysia. We're gonna come in. I'm the founder, and I'm gonna digitally transform all of my businesses in Malaysia. Uh, you don't really hear news like that, right? You you do, but it's mostly uh digital transformation theater. So it's just say say <laughs> show show. That's a good, that's a good uh, way to put it. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, it's a Steve Blank term that that Steve Blank was saying innovation theater basically mm. in terms of that. And everyone just like yeah, we also got what like like uh, oh, we, we also got e wallet right? We also got this one. <laughs> but the, the the more important thing is really like again that's why it's a cultural transformation because of the follow through yeah, that we lack that we we lack the follow through. Yeah, 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 we lot, just all Malaysian likes to do is check mark. Oh, we got this. We got this. We got this. But. But it's not like follow through under Kaukau, we see through the end. So that's something that we, we are lacking. Yeah, true. So there's, there's no true answer to that, right? No true answer to that? Okay. Wait, wait Daniel become? Uh. <laughs> you no, know no, no, become, no. Uh. That's another for the time. Okay, so, so uh, we're going we're gonna to end we're gonna end this. Uh, any other any other final words, basically, you want to... Yeah, yeah we can go to lunch already. Funny, yeah. we can eat ourselves. <laughs> any other final words before you want to clear? Uh, where can people find you? Where, what are the things that people can actually get hold of you? Everything, uh, pluck away. Oh me, right? <laughs> yeah, because you already know where to find me already. Uh, so I cannot. <laughs> so so yeah, I I mean I'm Jason. So I I've been also helping to moderate certain things in the group also actually. And recently, there's a lot of really random spam comments that I've been deleting myself also. You know, so so uh, I focus a lot on digital transformation initiatives. I went to Alibaba and Bash too. So upcoming, I'm gonna ramp up actually a lot of content. So so this recording itself. I'm actually, why do I have headphones right now? Because I'm recording this in audio. I'm going to start my own podcast series very soon on digitalization, the digitization processes of businesses. It'll be a whole podcast series. I already have 30 business owners that have agreed to be interviewed by me and they'll talk about what they do in their business to go digital. So this exact live episode, I'm going to transfer it into uh, Spotify and so on very soon. I'll share it out in the group and then hopefully everyone can that miss this live interview can actually listen to it in their commute and things like that. Okay, and I'm Daniel. Uh, you can find me in the entrepreneurs group. Uh, thanks for thanks for participating. Uh, just a few things that we might want to share. There will be uh, a bunch of meetup. Uh, uh, November is going to uh, nothing to do with Alibaba, but November is really much of a China uh, because there's a bunch of uh, on. Uh, China Expo that are in Malaysia that we are supporting. Uh, Sanxi Expo, uh, Malaysia Private Label. Uh, which one, Samoa? Malaysia China Trade Expo. Malaysia China Trade Expo. So, seven. Uh, seven. seven. Yeah, so we probably will be doing a few meetups uh, there and uh, for there will be a, a major meetup uh, probably on the 28th of November. We will keep you posted and I uh, hope to guys see you soon. Like, in real life! <laughs> like this one, like I can touch on. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is me, Daniel, uh, Jason. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, and Aaron is sitting over there comfortably at our studio. Woo. Okay, I will see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Production by Rainworks Studio with my friend Chintat. Music by Ofnil Naga and yours truly. Enjoyed this episode? Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform for more. This was Go Digital with Jason Lowe.